Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cocaine Willie's After Party. Usually I'm joined by my trusty sidekicks of Chef Andre Napier and SL Keck, Easy Stevesy. They should be on here momentarily, but I see my good friend Matt. What's up, Matt? Hello, Joseph. How you doing? You know what? I just finished the first episode of the Manti Teo documentary. Oh, how is that? You know, it's wild. <laughs> I think that absolutely needs to be discussed tonight. It's and there's two episodes, I think. And the first episode is wild. Oh my god. I forgot about all of this. I forgot about all of it until yesterday when I was also just found it, it came up on my Twitter timeline and there we were. I was just like a time portal back into 2012 <laughs> yeah. when, you know, Colin Klein was on the Heisman stand and just yeah. wild stuff. Wild it's stuff. wild. That's the only thing. <laughs> a fake girlfriend at that point. Easy Stevesy, how you doing tonight? It has been a lovely evening. How about yourself? It is a wonderful evening. Love it. Perfect weather here. Took the dog on a walk and a beautiful sunset. I think it has to be right at like 78 degrees. Um, and now I'm going to drink some wine and listen to y'all give some hot takes on sports. And with that, I think that that's a great segue into our first topic. So I was once again inspired by our good friends, the Gambling Gauchos, who came on a few weeks back. And of course, thanks to ColorCast, part of the reason why we're on Spotify, uh, Spotify Live here is because ColorCast, for some reason, deleted all of our audio from every show except for like the first two. So welcome to Spotify Live. Welcome, Android nerds, in uh, your green bubbles and all that bullshit. But was inspired by our good friends at Gambling Gauchos, um, who have been going kind of around the conference looking at buy, sell, or hold for all of the teams in the conference. And so I wanted to have some healthy and friendly debate tonight on who are you buying, who are you selling, and who are you holding? Um, and I want to start with our good friends, the Iowa State Cyclones, who decided to sell all of their tickets at Costco, decided to get all, all up in arms about this bridge that they built. Um, and personally, I, you know, personally, I would go ahead and sell their program. I think this year will be a reckoning for Mr. Matt Campbell. And, and it really, a lot of it kind of comes down to Hunter Deckers being what, what he's cracked up to be. So we'll see if that happens, but kind of curious, uh, anybody's takes on Iowa state, would you be buying, selling or holding the Cyclones? Sell, officially sell. Like that's going to be a down year, like barely make a bowl bowl game if not lower that's my prediction so, isn't every year a down year for them though so i mean they had their greatest season what two years ago and it was not even nine wins ten not even ten wins so it's i'm selling we've got two sellers I'll sell as well. And uh, not just from a football perspective, are, are you focusing on football or in general? I'm focusing on football, but in general, we can talk, you know, broader program as well. Yeah. Um, so their basketball team this year, um, they lost, what's his name? Darius Hunter. Best player of the team. The guy, so, or uh, Tyrese, Tyrese Hunter. He transferred to Texas. Embarrassing. Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Darius Rucker. 
football team will be down this year. I'll, I'll get a laugh at the, the Darius record joke. Good job. Good job. <laughs> now, who here likes to hear a good story about a bridge? They've, they've already peaked for this season. They had their big moment. It's the bridge. The amazing thing to me, and I know I've tweeted this a couple of times, but they're making as big a deal out of that fucking bridge as they are, like, as we did about the Shamrock Zone. Like, like an actual revenue-generating facility that's that's going to up-level the program and isn't just, you know, a sidewalk taking people from the RV lot to the football stadium. Well, they're trying to indicate that it's a bridge year, so props to them. Well, Love no, it, it only enhances the togetherness of the team because they're now linked together with the RV park. But if last year was the greatest like, together team, then what is this year's team? Is it like the second greatest the together most, team? They, they are the most togetherest program in the history of college football. Does it go from something to something? Like, I'm confused what they've been it's, doing. It's just that. straight. It's just straight from RV Park Land straight to the stadium. I mean, it's similar to like Baylor and their little uh, boat boat their boats where they're tailgating on boats straight to the stadium. Okay, so what did they do before? Like have stoplights or what? I'm honestly. It was honestly, it was like playing Frogger. It was like playing Frogger across Kimball essentially. If you're coming from the agronomy lots over. Same yeah, idea. I think that that's a lot of money that uh, did not need to be spent. But, you know, to each their own. Well, I'll but it turns red. It turns so Never red. Mind. I, would, I would draw my statement. Now that I know it turns red, they did an excellent job of choosing to do that. So are you buying, selling, or holding the Iowa State program? Um, I think they're going to get a lot of new How, – how's their architecture program? I feel like they could get a lot of new suitors trying to get into that architecture program. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how their architecture program is, but as a university, I'm they they've got history, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna sell for now. I'm gonna sell for now, not holding. I'm gonna sell for sure, and I think Matt Campbell should have left left like a year ago and taken his payday because he is not gonna get another job now. He'll probably end up going back to Toledo or something at some point, right? Yeah, his time has passed as, I mean, at, at, as peak hotness. I mean, he's still young, but his his peak is, is come and gone. I think he's his big job potential is gone. I think Iowa State is where he wanted to be. But, um, you know, when you don't show up big time, it, it's, it's kind of what you ask for. You go – straight seven and six every year you're kind of praised at iowa state so why risk that yeah i don't disagree with that at all i mean he's he's like a god for winning seven to nine games every season he might as well stay there for for life hey off off topic what is uh paul rhodes doing right now he's defensive coordinator i think at north carolina no wait no paul rhodes he I'm was at ohio was, state I'm for a little Gene bit he was at ohio state for a little bit um he's an analyst at ohio state still yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He still is. I know he had he had pushed hard um, for being on the defensive staff um, this past season, um, but with their turmoil, they uh, they went a different direction. I still, yeah, like you said, he's still on the Ohio State analyst staff, but you know, who knows how long that'll last? Because you know, with the Oklahoma State 
defensive coordinator in there. He's going to kind of clear house probably after this year. So we've got a lot of people selling Iowa State. Anybody to the contrary? Anybody buying or holding their program? I would consider holding. Um, just for the fact, I think Iowa State's set up in a similar way uh, where, you know, they put together a few decent seasons and, you know, every fourth, fifth year they might have a, have a good year. But other than that, that'd be the only reason to hold. Very nice. Very nice. Anybody else buying or holding Iowa State as a program? I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the Cyclones. All right. Well, let's move on. So I, the way I've got this structured, we'll start with original Big 8 schools who are left, original Big 12 schools who are left, and then we'll move on to the new additions. So next up is Okie State which apparently saying Okie State grinds a ton of Oklahoma State fans gears, and I do not give a shit. I would hold this team. Personally, I think this current team is young, and I think Gundy's always been a good coach, so I think it's a definite hold. I think my concern is I don't know how much longer he'll be coaching or if he tries to make good on his threat that he's always had kind of year in, year out of maybe he'll move on to like an SEC job or a Big Ten job, something like that. So I would hold them for now, but that's, that's my thought. If we're just talking this current team, I'm going to buy. Um, but the future of the program, Gundy, he seems to um, take a step back when he doesn't have a returning starter at quarterback. Um, he's made promise on the trend that if he has a returning quarterback, he's going to be pretty good. Ten wins basically is the is the metric that we're looking at. So, I'm going to buy this current team, but as, you know, they're recruiting. And like you said, with Gundy always potentially flirting with leaving, retiring, whatever. Um, there's only so many contract extensions he can make. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this team, but Oakley, Oki state down, I'm going to hold for potential down the road. What kind of coach could Oki state get if Gundy like disappeared? Just like, didn't like leave from their program. Just was like, I retire right now. Who like, who does Okie State even go after? I have no idea where their program ranks now. Kale Gundy. Yeah, Kale. Okay. <laughs> Dropping in bombs all night. Is that like a Sean Snyder thing? I don't even know who that dude. Yeah, he was in. He's a long time. He played at Oklahoma. He's a long time Oklahoma assistant, and he just got fired for apparently saying the N word multiple times. Like not just one time, but like multiple times. That okay. That tracks a lot okay so legit like who could they poach in their power five head coach like who's has like above like has winning seasons regularly or would they have to go it's leopold that's their new guy that's their next guy that's not a terrible answer that seems like what i would expect them to go after i just don't know what oklahoma state is without mike gundy or i feel like they could pick up like if Washington state was good at football or if Oregon state was good at football, I feel like they could pick up a guy who's like a mid tier PAC 12 type of coach. But I, I, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I don't see them picking up a ton of power five options. I'm just curious. I'm not trying to make a comment on anything. I just like, I have no idea where they rank. I, I also like as an outsider probably wouldn't know where K state ranked before we hired Chris Kleiman. So, uh, what interesting spot to be in for them. I'm going to sell um, on this season because I do think Jim Knowles not being there 
that defense is going to take a little bit of a hit. I think defensively last year, they were so strong. They had some really good players last year on defense that aren't there anymore. Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, and as somebody said, they are the favorites. So unless they, I don't know, win the big 12, they'll have to go down. I agree with that. Side note, has anybody been watching Hard Knocks? And Malcolm Rodriguez, his features on there have been top tier. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, his coach, um, his linebacker coach, really digging into the starting linebackers at Detroit and kind of just kind of throwing shade at Malcolm Rodriguez at the same time. But, I mean, he's balling out for Detroit. But I think his his arc is really cool. But to what Matt said, um, they they did lose a lot on the defense, but I've been listening to a lot of uh, Oklahoma State podcasts, and they do return probably the best defensive line in maybe the country. Um, they had 34 sacks last year or 38, and that was such a discrepancy from everybody else in the Big 12 that I think bringing that back is going to just – help their defense, their young secondary. Um, that'll get them through enough on defense. They won't be elite like they were last year, but they'll be good enough just to pass by and let their offense do whatever they can. I mean, they, they have to find a running back, so they do have holes, but I think they are the favorites. Um, so for this season, that's why I said I would buy. Anybody holding? Anybody else selling? We're buying. I'm a hold for the same reasons as you. I mean, I feel like they're sitting all right right now. There's a lot of unknowns coming up when OU and Texas leave in the conference. So I'm going to hold warily, but I'm, I'm definitely closer to selling than I am to buying. Yeah, I think it's it's a hold and then sell after this season, more than likely for me. Yeah, because who's their quarterback after this? Because the one from like a few classes ago already transferred. So who's who's taking the reins after this? Well, they're recruiting on probably at a top twenty-five level. I think they have um, a recruit a K, uh, quarterback recruit on the roster right now that was probably a top twenty-five quarterback in the country. Um, and they, they, Gundy can always sell the program that he, he was a former quarterback. He sells the offense. You know, they're going to put up numbers at Oklahoma State. So I don't, I don't ever really worry about their quarterback situation. I've always worried about their defense, and they have their defense figured out. But um, similar to what we went through with Scotty Hazleton, once you get the defense figured out, we're not big enough to hold on to elite coordinators. So um, that's what happened to Oklahoma State. So if if they can get their defense figured out, I'm never worried about their offense. Um, next year, they will have growing pains. But like I said earlier, a returning quarterback in the Gundy system is really what they want. So a young quarterback in their system, they might go through that one year of growing pains but I think they'll always kind of be around that eight, nine, 10 win range. That's why it's hard for me to sell them. Mike Gundy's son, walk on Bradshaw's quarterback. He could be the guy. If that happens, then I'm definitely selling. Sorry. What's his name? Gunner. Gunner? Is it Gunner Gunner Gundy? 
That is the most fucking redneck ass Oklahoma sounding name I have ever heard. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Any any last shots at the Pokes before we move on to our hey, good friends I would like down to throw in one last shot. I literally just looked on Twitter and I see that Mike Gundy is now on Cameo and he's like offering up his Cameo for special events or birthday parties and shit. I I changed my answer to now I'm selling because of that. That's How much is Cameo? And that that's just like super cringe so i i'm selling now how much is i would cameo, though if it's if it's under 50 then it's cringe if it's not then it's he's trying to get that bag oan fans are about to have a heyday paying him for birthday shout outs i would legitimately pay you 50 to 100 dollars if you had you know tried to bait him into saying the m-word off of an ipad like his brother <laughs> i would just I would, that would be next level. You get the guy fired. That would just be the biggest troll job on the planet. That'd be pretty funny. I like that. All right. So our next big eight, last big eight brethren, the Kansas Jayhawks. Are we buying, selling, or holding? I personally, as much as I hate this, I'm buying, but strictly because I think he raises their floor from one win per season to potentially six but probably no more than six, to be honest with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I buy just because I, I think he'll raise them slightly above dumpster fire. I'm not saying bowl game. I'm just saying, you know, not ten losses every year. Well, yeah, I would have said the same thing about Beatty, too. I think Beatty raised their floor, but he didn't, he didn't you know, raise the ceiling at all. I just don't I don't see where we're getting these numbers from. I mean, I don't I just don't why why are we jumping straight to 6? Where where am, what am I missing? Oh, I'm not jumping straight to 6. I'm saying that over the course of, you know, 4 to 5 years if they're patient, I think he could get to 6 wins. Like it's not hard to get to 6 wins knowing that like even Tech got to 6 wins last year and they fired their coach mid-season. Yeah, that's the thing is it's just a matter of if if KU is willing to be patient, like they, are they giving any coach more than three years the past no. 12 years? They have not. I, I just don't see it, buddy. I don't, I don't see their floor raising up to six for how long they've been in a uh, perpetual hell of not being able to recruit, um, losing consistently. Um, I just don't see how they can raise their floor to, I mean, you said floored or ceiling to six. I don't know. Um, floor. Raise, he's raising the floor to the well, potential of six, I think. That's even more crazy that their floor is six. That means they could potentially be an eight-win team. I just There's no way that Lance Leipold, with his recruiting track record that he's had, um, even at Buffalo, I mean, it was somewhat decent for that kind of program. But recruiting against Big 12 teams – consistently to win six games would mean you'd have to schedule three non-cons and win those and then three big 12 teams. And I don't see three big 12 teams, even with the the additions of UCF and Cincinnati and all the other schools coming in where there's three teams that will be consistently worse than Kansas is um, in the next four to five years where they can beat them religiously and be a, a floor six team. I just don't see it. Maybe Arizona and Colorado. 
but they're, and, but they're and, not but they're not in yet. I'm I'm saying of the teams that we have in right now, there's no way. And and Arizona com, compared to Kansas is they would Kansas Arizona would drop 50 on Kansas right now. And let me clarify too. I I don't think he raises their ceiling. Like he their ceiling I think if they if their floor is 6 wins, I think their ceiling is 6 wins. I think they don't go more than 6 and 6. Um, as far as wins are concerned and losses, it, we've got to get your sense. we've got to get your housing situation together because your floor and your roof are in the same no, spot. They are. There's KU, no place to walk. KU, that's, <laughs> I mean, you've seen their stadium. You've seen what that housing looks like. I don't. I don't see six. I can see their floor being a three-win team and their ceiling being a six. Maybe at the best possible season if they've had a like a senior quarterback they hit the transfer market perfect they never miss they actually recruit offensive line and defensive line that they would have a chance to maybe get the six but i don't see it in, in the next five years there's no way yeah you I'm, sell, I'm selling because even if it's a bad stock and it goes up a smidge it's not worth me putting money into a bad stock you mentioned Tech's recruit or Tech being a like can get six wins in their sleep, but you know they're in-state recruiting. And you, I just want to point out, you know how hard it is to recruit to Lawrence, Kansas. I heard it's the hardest thing in the world. So you know they don't even have an airport. They don't even have a municipal airport. Mm, that's tough. <laughs> I um, wanted to say that I, you know I, I haven't seen anything from. Lance Leopold, besides talking somewhat like Snyder, that gives me any indication that he'll be winning six games anytime soon. He's not recruiting well. He's not, you know, they still only won two games last year. I don't care if they beat Texas. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really seeing where they can get to six wins anytime soon. Don't ask. It's a long. It's a long-term play. <laughs> the long, they're playing the 4D chess long style. What did what did no, you have down there, Coley Dub? Oh, I was just fucking around saying, "Don't ask Jayhawk takeover." Let's get Will Dubois in here, baby. Come on, Will, Big Willie style. Hey guys, hey, uh, I'm holding on them because uh, a lot of people seem to be really big on them right now and their potential, which they only have up to go. But um, there's a lot of hype, so. If this was really a stock market, I feel like they'd be a little overvalued. But I'm also not selling because they literally have nowhere to go but up. It's a penny stock for sure. Oh yeah, but now it's it's looking like a nickel stock or a nickel price for a penny stock. So I'm holding. Too volatile. <laughs> the market is volatile, and I mean the we. The reason why I say that is because it's not like we're going to – they're in a lesser conference. I think the conference is becoming more and more even. So they they won't have the teams at the bottom that they could get close to. Like West Virginia and Texas Tech, they had a chance to get on their level, but it, it's, it's come and gone because Neil Brown's going to be out of here. Their program's going to be on the rise. Texas Tech – for all the shit that I give Joey McGuire for being a just praising that he's a high school coach, he's going to have them recruiting at a high level pretty soon. So the, and you got the other programs, Cincinnati and all that, that there's no way that they're going to be able to keep up. And 
we won't have the Texas and Oklahoma big boys, but we'll have just constant war every every week that they won't be able to keep up with. It's hard to win more than three games, or I'm sorry, it's hard to win more than six games consistently, and it's hard to lose more than three games consistently. And I think that's where you see a lot of the middle of the Big 12 with West Virginia or Texas Tech guys. If they win more than six consistently, they're going to hire it elsewhere. And if they lose more than that, they get fired. And it's amazing that KU hasn't been able to move up into that middle bracket. But that's kind of what's keeping Tech, West Virginia, from moving on. And why I think Kleiman's done a good job is because he's shown he can win eight games, which is pretty tough. I mean, everyone's trying to win. No one's trying to lose. Or you could consistently lose, you know, six or seven games a year, get fired, get hired at USC, get immediately hired by an NFL team and then end up as their head coach all in a matter of months. If we're talking Texas tech, he's not winning football games. He's winning at life. He's failing (laughs) upwards. I love it. All right. I feel like, I I feel like that's good on the Jayhawks. Anybody else have any, anything else on them? I don't. All right. Next Baylor bears. I am, I am holding them. Because Dave Aranda is an incredible football mind. He took over a pretty good program under Matt Rule, um, who had honestly, I mean, he had ter- had one of the best short-term turnarounds that we've seen in a long time for a team. Um, and he's elevated that program from where Matt Rule had it. So I'm going to hold on them because I don't see them going anywhere as long as Dave Aranda is their head coach. Uh, full stop. Uh I'm going 100% against my values on this, and I'm going to buy the Baylor Bears. Um, I really think that they are in a really good position in the new Big 12 to consistently dominate as a program. Dominate, okay, that's a strong word, but be in the upper tier of, of programs overall, their athletic program. Um, obviously, basketball doing – incredible things when you think about what, you know, happened in the early 2000s. But I really think Dave Aranda is a, a really good coach and he's done a great job in recruiting their quarterback or Blake Shapin this year, I think is going to be really, really good for them. Um, it really pains me to say that I would buy on the Baylor Bears. And and I agree with your point too, because it, it speaks more to Aranda's ability because he's taking over recruiting classes that were behind K-State even in like 2018, 2019, 2020. And then in 2021, 22, he's he's elevated their recruiting profile. But a lot of those guys from those previous classes are on the teams that they've had the last year or two. Um, and especially last year. So it's they've done a really good job in the transfer portal. They've done a really good job with recruiting. And I think that speaks more to Aranda's abilities as a coach than anything. And it's just a little bit of a different mindset for Baylor when you think about it, because Aranda, a defensive coach that came in, you know, that that's kind of a complete 180 when you think about what Baylor was doing, um, you know, statistically and typically um, that we saw, you know, in their time in the Big 12. So I really think it has been impressive how he has really reshaped their football program to be um, dominant in other ways, except a spread high, you know, play count offense. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I, I like their program. Yeah, I'm going to, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I'm going to buy them, not necessarily for this year, but the future. Um, 
future years. Um, they're probably going to be the leading team in Texas in a in a sport where Texas kind of rules in recruiting. Dave Aranda's a very good coach. Who knows if he'll how long he'll stay? I think he'll stay forever, forever, uh, however long he really wants. But I'm gonna buy basically because they've done it in different ways. Um, I think this year Chafin will kind of get um, thrown to the fire and people will finally be able to game plan against him, not just being a one-trick pony for those uh, in-and-out games that he was for the Big 12, uh, Big 12 championship and the bowl game that they were in. But they're going to get a game plan on him, so I think he'll take his lumps this year. But down the road, I think he'll be a very good quarterback. They'll be able to recruit at a high level like they are right now. Um, it's it's going to be tough to unthrone them in the in the new twelve that we got going. I'm pretty sure they're going to make a playoff appearance by next year. Um, and you know, like everyone said, they're the new new top dog. So that's a bold prediction. They'd be making up for uh, 2014. I'm going to uh, go ahead and sell because um, I believe in them long term. But I I was listening to the podcast with I'm going to butcher the name, but Shireen. Shannon J. Raja. Yes, yeah. J. Raja. Yes, and he was talking about how they have lost so much production. Um, and I think that Aranda is a good coach who will overcome some of that. But people are talking about them winning the Big 12 this year um, and being one of the favorites. And that will just be really hard to live up to. So I think a lot of people, after they see what happens this year, will lose some confidence to Randa. But I think long-term, he's the guy. So I think I might be able to buy on the dip next year. So I'm going to sell for this year and then buy back in. But I will say that they did lose a lot of production. And I think if you listen to the Bosco's Boys podcast with uh, KSU underscore fan, he, he lays it out pretty good about the skill position and lack of production that they're bringing back. But a lot of games are won in the trenches, and they have probably the second-best defensive line in the country – I mean, in the in the Big 12, and their offensive line is going to be a problem for a lot of teams. They're big. They return a lot of starters from a, a offensive line that was really, really good last year. Um, that'll be where they win a lot of their games, a lot of close games. Uh, bringing it, keeping it in the trenches is what what's going to win them games. Now they do lose a lot of skill positions. That's where I think that that it, it will hurt them. But the trenches is what's going to keep them in. I don't think they'll win the Big Twelve this year, but they're going to be in every game and win some of those games because of how good they are with their offensive line and defensive line. Any other Baylor fans want to chime in here? I'll, I'll go ahead and chime in. I think I'm going to buy um, as much as I can on Baylor. I really think that they're going to dominate the new Big 12. I think they're going to be a consistent 11-win program. They just have the resources. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to beat them um, in terms of like resources, so long as the new Big 12 stays together as it is. So. That is a that is a good point. I mean, they do have a, a, a an athletic department that is tier one. They are it's they just, are. It's just wild how consistent they are hiring yeah. really good coaches, and it's just maddening. And they're investing. I mean, they're a private the school, and they're investing. They're investing in their athletic department, which is 
when you have a private school that doesn't have to tell how much money is going into the school and how much they're using. I mean, they, they put a lot into the athletic department and it shows, I mean, they're consistent. Like you said, I don't know if there'll be a consistent 11 win team, um, but they are going to be here for the long, the long haul. Um, they're not going to be the dumpster fire of yesteryear when we, when we remember in like the early two thousands and, and stuff like that, but they're going to be here for a, a long time. I mean, they're, they're already paying Aranda at least allegedly anywhere around $4 million a year. And so they're competing with the big boys in a lot of ways when it comes to how, how well they're able to pay their coaches, meaning that they can not just attract top talent there, but they can retain top talent there. They're going to, they're going to have to pay him a lot more money too. I don't know if, because what, who's the highest paid? Gundy's the highest paid at like seven. Well, and you've got him um, and Scott Drew running the same program yeah, and arguably one true. of the best women's programs too. So for, for basketball. So like they're, they have to have some really high paid coaches to keep those, those folks around. It's just insane. Yep. And I, I, I think Baylor is probably their athletic department is, uh, is tier one. Who, who's this- next? Because they like poached the the best current women's basketball coach in the country from their alma mater or something. Yeah, crazy. yeah from LSU. What's her yeah. name? Uh, she's insane. She's Kim. Kim yes, Malky. I think right. Kim Malky. Yeah. She is Although it seems like that was kind of a, a mutual thing. Yeah, I, recall, I think right? there was some politics involved there. Yeah. Yeah. So next next on the list is tech. Um, mm. I I struggled with this one. I feel like I like Joey McGuire and I would buy the program, but, and, and again, kind of the recruiting speaks more to that than anything. I feel like they're building a good program there that will be able to succeed in the future and not just be a one trick pony. Like they have been for seemingly the last 25 years. Um, so I think program wise I'm buying, I think for this season specifically, I would not be buying or holding. I would be selling, um, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna win more than five games this season. I would say I'm probably selling. I just don't know. Obviously, like you said, they have the recruiting. That's gonna give them a little boost. Boost, boost, boost. Holy shit! I don't know why I changed. I don't know if you heard that, but it, it sounded like it echoed from chefs. I, but that, that yeah, was weird. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I love EDM. That was great. Um. They are bringing the air raid back. I'm pretty sure they're doing that again now, which I think – I don't know if it's necessarily going to work against them, but I think the Big 12 defenses are better now. It's a game plan for that than they were back when Mike Leach was making that the thing. So I'm just going to sell. Yeah, you can, and you can have the air raid as long as it's balanced. You have to be able to have a defense that's able to step up in and balance out what you're what you're bringing to the table and not just be okay we're gonna try to score 70 points in in every single game and and hope that our defense is able to contain them under 60 or 65 yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and sell as well i know i said earlier that that i think there'll be the the next rung i don't think i think ks uh, ku will be in the basement um but i think that west virginia um, Texas Tech TCU is going to be kind of like middling right there to to be that next lower tier. Um, but they do have resources just like what we were talking about with Baylor. They they made it public with the NIL, their NIL club. 
that that's very competitive in today's market. Um, they're going to be players in that NIL. Um, they have an elite basketball program. If we're if we're talking about just the program, not necessarily just football, um, I'm going to buy I'm going to buy Texas Tech stock if if it's the program. But football, I'm going to sell for right now and buy back in later. They they're renovating their stadium, um, a very flat stadium from what I've been told, but they're renovating They're they're on the up and up with facilities and NIL is just, they need to prove it onto the, on the field. And I don't know right now if they can do that it might take them a couple of years. So that's why I'm going to buy later sell right now. I'm going to actually hold on this one. Um, I think Texas tech, this season actually has a decent shot to, to kind of overachieve. Um, Tyler shows the quarterback over there. And uh, I mean, him at Oregon, he was a talented quarterback at Oregon. Um, I, I like Joey McGuire too. I really, you know, I, I feel like everything I've heard about Joey McGuire is he's like the next big thing in coaching next big thing. Um, and so uh, I, it's a program. I think they can, win six games this year they could surprise maybe win seven um but i think it's on the up and up and i'd rather hold hold an up and up on this one and i think that to what you said i think it would be a fool's errand if they actually went with a show instead of donovan smith i think he is probably the best quarterback on their on their roster i mean he albeit he can't throw as well as him but I think with his athleticism, that would probably be the worst possible scenario for everybody in the Big 12, having to guard that air raid system with a quarterback that is freakish athlete. Um, and he, he was scary when he when KSU played them last year. Um, in the red zone, he was uh, a problem. I think that would probably be their best bet. If I, if I was – if we could get Gauchos back in here, that would what would I be telling him right now if that I would want to see Donovan Smith? I don't disagree. I mean Donovan Smith, I he he showed flashes last year totally. Um, I mean, and the thing with Show last year, you know, I'm pretty sure it was the first game he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was maybe. Was it? I thought it was the Houston game he got uh, hurt. No, it was early on in the season. Um, maybe it was against Texas for some reason. But anyway, like. I'm pretty sure he broke his collarbone or something like that. And, you know, so I, I agree with you because I do think Donovan Smith's more athletic quarterback. I'm wondering if Tyler show is going to be, you know, if they're trying to bring back a little bit more of a, a passing oriented offense, if he's going to end up being the pick because of that. But I mean, the quarterback battle there would be interesting. Definitely. Yeah. And I, uh, didn't he take over for Herbert after Herbert's last season? I believe so. At Oregon. Yeah. Right. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I think he did. Yeah, because he beat out the guy who's now at Auburn. Hold on. So Oregon and Auburn traded quarterbacks? Because I know Bo Nix is at Oregon right now. Yeah. They had a freshman named Ashford who, like, kind of wasn't great, and he transferred out to, to Auburn most recently, yeah. That's insane. God, we are in free agency and trades basically right now. I mean, in that Henry Columbia guy that was their backup last year and in the year before, he's over at Marshall now. So it's just it's a revolving door at this point. Yeah. Any other thoughts on tech? 
Okay, hearing none. I Lubbock first off, just bad. Lubbock is not that bad. I will always defend Lubbock. Great time. Always have a good time there. I do want to give a quick shout out to Mark, who is listening in today. Mark, you are the only South Dakota Coyote, coyote fan that I was able to find on Twitter. I know you call them the Coyotes, not the Coyotes. Um, so shout out to to you, Mark, for joining. If you have any good friends that would love to join and, and kind of have some friendly banter before week one, definitely invite your friends. We'd love to have you and hear your thoughts on on the South Dakota team and, uh, you know, just have some nice friendly debates prior to, to the week one matchup. Or unfriendly. Right. We're down with whatever, Mark. You bring whoever you want to bring. But he's going to gather the troops, so we'll, we'll have we'll have some good uh, some good banter on. Uh, I think it's August thirty first, if I'm not mistaken. Let's get um, that coyote call going in here, baby. Oh, <laughs> that was really bad. I'm not doing it. That's um, Diamond Dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we've got the TCU Horn Frogs. Who uh, Jeremiah Donati, their athletics director, he was he took a surprise visit to Chicago, Illinois. So I don't know if he's visiting Big Ten headquarters or uh, we've got TCU headed to the Big Ten sometime soon, but. Uh, I am personally selling TCU. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I do not buy Sonny Dykes. He was average at best when he was at Cal. He had one really good season at SMU, and that's it. And I think that's that's the season that I think they had Shane Bouchelle there, who was a Texas Texas transfer, who is now a third string quarterback for the Chiefs. I just like he's going to have to rely on his coordinators to up-level what he's capable of. I just don't see him being the guy at TCU. Although I will say it sounds like they have – the culture of the program has gone in, in a positive direction, just knowing that things were kind of a shit show when Gary Patterson was there. Um, but I'm selling the shit out of TCU. I just – I don't buy it. I don't buy Sonny Dykes. I think that their program is going to be trash. I agree. I'm selling. I feel like did they even really have a search? I feel like they hired him so quick. They just I, took I the easy wrong. way out where a guy probably would didn't yeah. even have to sell his freaking house to, to go to the next school he was going to. Right. I just feel like it was just like, oh, well, let's just get this guy right here and just wrap it up. I'm going to uh, agree with you guys. I'm going to sell um, the program. Um to them on the fact that they're with their uh, athletic director going to Big Ten country, I think that was just a booster meeting. I listened to a, um, the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast today. Uh, kind of was just a, a booster meeting about NIL and all that stuff. I guess they have a large uh, contingent of TCU alum in Chicago, um, so that's where he was at apparently. It got a little weird with the UCLA athletic director or somebody tweeting. Yeah, it was it was UCLA's athletic director yeah, that tweeted like, the the gif of the dude smoking the cigar. <laughs> but I think that guy, the athletic director for UCLA, is a Chicago native, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I think it was just kind of like a communication on that end. I don't think there's anything imminent of TCU going to the Big uh, Big Ten. I don't think we have to worry about that. But I will sell, and you said it perfectly about Sonny Dykes. I think that is a weird, very strange hire from the rivalry that they have with SMU, the system that he runs. I mean, he was very innovative with that pistol um, when he brought that out. But I think that that era is coming gone. 
I just don't see the trajectory of their program going up. I think they're very much on the way down. They are a very small private school, but it is, it's not looking good for them. That's what I'll say. Also great use of the word imminent chef, just chef's kiss. Thanks. (laughs) So my question would be, where would we put TCU at? Like what is their current, what is their current floor? What is their current ceiling? And then I can make a decision from there. I, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. I'll say, I'll say this. They, when they broke into the big 12, they had that winning culture under Gary Patterson. So it's going to take them a while under a new regime leading out of the Gary Patterson era. That was a mistake higher in Sonny Dyke. So I think this sets them back pretty far. If they would have hired somebody outside of the program, a Texas legend similar to what Texas Tech did, he was a high school legend in Texas. They hired Sonny Dykes. It kind of set them back, I think, um, especially if they don't win immediately. So I'm going to say their floor is their floor is probably about four four games. I think their ceiling will probably be about a seven. Their ceiling should be about a seven, if I didn't say that right. Um, and I don't think they'll be able to crack that. I think they'll middle in the road until they figure out what they're going to do at their coaching position and how they want to take their program forward. Because Gary was very innovative. He was very forward-thinking with the defenses and stuff like that. And they don't have the culture right there. They're still living in that Gary Patterson shadow. Um, and they didn't. if they were to hire somebody, if they were to hire had some, had, had hired somebody, that was more in the Gary Patterson's culture. I think it would have fit TCU better. I don't think they'll be able to get out of the Sonny Dykes era for a while. So if you're saying the floor is four and the ceiling is seven, then I would definitely hold because that's pretty much where I put them. I just didn't know if people were still thinking of them as like this 11-win program, 10-win program. So I think they have they have the potential to do that. It's It's just I don't – I mean, their recruiting is solid. The recruiting will always be solid, I feel like. I don't know if it's taken a step back at all recently with Dykes coming in, but they have the ability to recruit well there. They're going to have the ability to bring money in with boosters and all the rich alumni that they have, similar to Baylor. But it's I, I do feel like their floor has been lowered pretty significantly just because I don't think Dykes is going to be a good coach at the Power 5 level because he never has been. Yeah, I agree. Any other Horn Frogs talk? Who's who's next? Because we've got, I mean, we've got other schools we can go to unless someone else wants to talk TCU. Because next I have Neil Brown, West Virginia, Country Roads. I'm here for hard sell. Neil Brown's getting fired midseason. I like that take. That is a good take. Um, And it might be, well, it wouldn't be K-State to do it because we play them that's our last game, I think. No, that's their last game, their last home game. So second to last game. Um, so it won't be us to to kill off Neil Brown. Um, that was just Scott. Scott Wildcat always said that that was a hire that scared him. I've never felt that way about Neil Brown. He has a Southern accent, so it kind of fits in with West Virginia. They have that twang up there in, in Morgantown, but it just never seemed to be that because he was the offensive play caller 
their offense never really hit the ground running. So he relinquished that. Um, defense has never really been good under Neil Brown. It just never seemed to be there for him. So I, I think once Neil Brown leaves, maybe they hire somebody that can get Morgantown back popping. Um, but right now I'm selling on all fronts. Um, sell, 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 sell. All right, so I asked this already about Oklahoma State, but, like, what kind of hiring power does West Virginia have? Like, who would they even go after? I mean, they – I don't know. They're. I mean, the alums of West Virginia, I don't know anybody from a coaching tree that is yeah. similar to them. I don't I don't know. I don't know what they can hire in. I think they're – what are they paying, paying Neil Brown? Three and a half million? So I think they're going to be somewhere in there. So they're looking at FCS – coordinator kind of higher that's where i think i don't think they'll be able to poach any like major conferences coach to morgantown so i don't think that's happening i don't know i i think that um with where the conference is going which i'm not like super down on or anything but you know no longer necessarily being considered a possibly i don't think west virginia is going to do anything better than hire something with a similar stature as chris Kleiman. So, I mean, I, I really like Chris Kleiman, and I like the hire at the time, shoot me. But I think that's kind of where they're going to go for. They might go, like, maybe, like, James Madison coach. Is he a guy who's possible? Like, I don't know. I like that. Could be. Could year. be. But isn't isn't James Madison making the jump to FBS now? Yeah, I think this uh, I think this will be their first year, right? Yeah. Right. Give me the Sun Belt. Yeah, them and, and Sam Houston's also making the jump. North Dakota State seems to be the, the holdout for FCS. Why quit dominating? And here's the thing, like, they're not going to hire another – mid-major is not a good term, but, like, you know, another guy from Troy, for example. I, I think they're going to have to go a little bit out of the box on this one, and maybe you get a good, good, you know, coordinator in the Power Five – you know, to come in and try and establish a program because I don't see them taking a chance, you know, on, on another, you know, coach from the Mac or, or something like that. You know, personally, I think a guy like Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina is a coach that's going to get eaten up pretty quick from, you know, the, a, a power five school. Maybe, you know, I just don't see West Virginia taking another chance on that when this one hasn't gone great. Yeah, I mean they they've got some they've got some good alumni who have some football pedigree from a coaching perspective, and it would be interesting to see one of those guys maybe come in try to shake some things up. But I I don't know I'm just not I'm not they, sold. They need to hire. Who the hell was our like co defensive coordinator Snyder? One Snyder's last year. Oh, Blake Siler. Blake Siler. Yeah. Give him the job. He was he had worked at Morgan. He was working at West Virginia for a little bit and then went to what is it? Old um, Dominion, right? Old Dominion as their D coordinator. I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. That's a very good callback. Isn't there a guy who um played at West Virginia like late two thousands that's now like an NFL assistant? Who am I thinking of? Pat White. Pat White. The quarterback? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Pat White. Is it Pat White? No, I'm just I think it's Pat White. I think he's a he's an assistant for the Chargers. Yeah, it's Pat White. He's an offensive assistant. That's who I was thinking of. He would be a great guy to hire. Like, get some young energy, get some young blood in there. The dude 
you know, he's coaching Justin Herbert. Dude, that, that would be great. That, that fucker, that fucker was electric with, uh, what's the running back? He's Slayton. Slayton. <laughs> oh my Slayton. God. They were electric and they had the one fullback. I think his name was Schmidt. Dude, that was just like Quintus. That is West Virginia football to me. Yeah, back in the twilight of the Big East, th- those were just some really, really awesome teams to watch. So much fun to watch. Jeez, they were brutal. That was Pat White. What a call. You guys are bringing back nostalgia. That was. Dudes will just name random football players. That was dudes being dudes. Uh, an unstoppable guy in NCAA football uh, 2008. Oh, oh yeah. And Noel, Noel Devine. I still play. I remember playing in West Virginia all the time. That that dude. I mean, West Virginia's had some players in there that had all time, all time high school highlight football uh, mixtapes. Oh, yeah. Tavon Austin, Noel Devine. <laughs> I mean, they were just dirty high school football players, and I mean, they scored touchdowns on every play, and you'd watch them for hours. Um, going back to the Old Dominion, isn't their head coach Ricky Rainey? Yeah. Well, I mean, last I knew he was. I feel like if I feel like remember um our was it our quarterbacks coach Billy uh, like Bill Billy, Co- Billy Kosh. Kosh or something. I thought he was gonna be something. Yeah. I thought he. I think he. I thought he worked for Old Dominion as well or somewhere in that Madison. Virginia he's area. James. He's a James Madison guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Rainey, K State connection. Yeah. Back Twelve. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Absolutely. All right. All right. Next, next we've got so we've got four left. We've got the newbies. We've got Cincy, UCF, Houston, BYU. I'm gonna go quick on these. I'm just gonna rapid fire these ones because I don't. I'll, know I'll, much. I'll quickly rapid fire as well. I'll, I'll start it off real quick. Cincy hold. I think Fickle will continue to have success there, and if he leaves, that's gonna change things. But I think we are going to have our hands full as a conference with Cincinnati in for some for quite some time. I think UCF I'm selling because I don't know that Gus Malzahn is really the right guy. I think they're going to be a good team, but I think they're they're like a mid tier. I think they're going to be a mid tier and they're probably going to be stuck there for a while until they make a change at head coach potentially. Houston, I'm going to buy because they're preseason top 25 right now. Like they're in a shitty conference for now. So as far as their ceiling they could go 12 wins, 11 wins, 10 wins this year and and be in the conversation for like top 15, top 10. So, and and I just like Dana Holgerson. I don't know if that's going to be a fun rivalry when they join the conference and, and play against West Virginia. And then BYU, I'm going to buy similar to like Baylor with the money, the resources, like I, I fucking hate them so much, but with the money and the resources that they have moving into a power five conference, like, their ceiling is essentially unlimited, I think, as much as I hate that. So rapid fire, new four editions, uh, go ahead. I'm going to go buy Cincinnati. Um, I think that taps into a new market here in Ohio. I think they, they recruit pretty well in the Ohio area. And I think bringing it into the Big 12 will kind of make it more attractive to go to Cincinnati on a bigger scale. UCF, I'm buying – their enrollment is so fucking big that they're they're no doubt going to have in the future a program that's going to be pretty hard to deal with. I'm selling Houston. Uh, they just don't care about football down there, um, at least not the Houston program. 
Uh, they've got pro. They've got a bunch of shit that they've got to deal with. Houston's a big city, but they just don't care about Houston football. Half of them are UT fans. And then BYU, I'm holding. Um, they're a developmental program, in my opinion, um, with how they do with um, people going on missions. Um, it's easy to do that when you're kind of independent. They they only recently started scheduling really hard teams. Um, BYU kind of always schedule kind of cupcakey, but with being in a conference and people going on missions, it's it's weird to recruit that way. So I'm going to hold them until they can really prove it. And maybe in four years, they'll have a team similar to what they had the last two years and be able to put some numbers up. Because if they were in the Big 12 this year, I would be buying the shit out of them because I think they would probably win the conference. I will hold on Cincinnati. I am interested to see in a post-college football playoff year, how they bounce back. And especially coming into the Big 12, how the program bounces um, into a larger conference. I think there's potential, as Chef said. I I, I do, um, but I want to hold on them for right now. UCF, I'm going to buy um, as well. I think just in the state of Florida, uh, they have a real potential you know, to boost the Big 12, number one. Um, but... In general, I mean, it's uh, they're a program that has been on the rise consistently, and I think there's no reason to not buy that type of program moving into this conference. I'm also going to buy BYU. Um, I do think BYU has a lot to gain out of the Big 12 from, you know, they are they're a popular school. I mean, in many ways, they're they have a similarity to Notre Dame and um, you know, throughout the country. And so that's going to help the big 12. That'll help recruiting. I, I, I think they're going to gain a ton and I'm going to sell Houston because, um, I just don't see Houston being able to contend as much, um, with recruiting in Texas. Um, I also look at it, even though from a basketball program, they got a great basketball program. I think that might drop a little bit in the big 12 as well. Is the question just as a school, are we buyer selling the school, like the whole athletic department? A little late to be asking that question. I wasn't listening. I'm busy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would categorize it as the football program, and are you looking at short-term and long-term? Well, that's what I thought, and then we, I was here in basketball. So uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> all of them are obviously going to get a great bump because now we're in the best conference, thank you very much, in the whole U.S. So I think that's going to be like great for every single school. BYU might benefit the least because I don't think the Mormons care what conference they're in. Um, but Utah, if they end up joining, might gain the most uh, by BYU being here. Houston, I just want to see Dana come back. That will be amazing. UCF, like what are we – I don't even know what to buy or sell with this, like, fucking school. I have no idea if – I mean, outside of Blake Bortles, what has UCF been ever, Right. Is anybody with me on this? Just Blake Bortles is it? I mean, they've had what was the running back? Scott Frost, Kevin Smith, Scott Frost. Did Scott Frost have Blake Bortles every year though? Dante Culpepper. They have a banner. Dante Culpepper. They won a national championship. They did. Who was that with? Allegedly. It's in the book. Who they win the national championship with? They they beat um, Florida in the was it Florida or Auburn? Was it they beat, Auburn. They beat, I thought it was Auburn. I, no, yeah, they, they beat, beat LSU. 
They beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl or something in 2017, right? And they were the only undefeated team, and they claimed that. I know that part of it. I'm just asking who was the coach and who was the quarterback. Uh, Mackenzie Milton. Scott Frost. And the coach was Scott Frost. I know Scott Frost. It was not Blake Bortles. I thought Blake Bortles and Scott Frost had won that together. Blake Bortles, I think, was in the NFL playing in like the AFC Championship. I think the same yeah, year, 2017. It was a, it was a magical was a very year. Weird for year. Them. It was the one they had the one guy with the one hand. Um, Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin's the twins. Yeah, um, yeah they had the twins. One with one hand. And um, twins. Blake Bortles was yeah. the one. <laughs> who, was the, who was the quarterback they had? Oh my God. Who was McKenzie the quarterback? Man. They had when that dude dove like three yards short of the first down. Oh, my God. That's one of the best KC memories of all time is one of like something that no UCF fan will ever remember. That's one of the funniest fucking things ever happened. Wasn't that that was the crazy ass? Oh, the tornado warning? Yeah. That was the purple cloud game. Yeah. They also created Joe Burrow. Because without, without them, Joe Burrow doesn't become Joe Burrow. That's true. He he stood over him and flexed. Uh, Scott Frost. I, seriously, every time like somebody's like mentions UCF, I know the Scott Frost and they had like the the undefeated season championship. But all I can think about is that guy diving for the first down, but he's like diving out of bounds four yards behind the first down marker. Right. One of Jeff, the funniest things that's ever happened. Jeff <laughs> Godfrey was the quarterback. Thank you. Thank you God. so much. Yes. Wasn't that game really close <laughs> too? Like. That came down to the end. Oh, right? we were down. We should have lost that game so many times. Yeah, for sure. Didn't it yeah. get delayed like six times too? Of course. It was we should have delayed time. the game. We should have canceled the game six times. We should have lost the game 20, and we won was, the game. It was 17 to 13. I feel like that was very close to the, the Oklahoma State debacle when we when we went down to Stillwater and it got canceled like three times, and uh, ESPNU – was showing like a sideline cam raw footage for the game. <laughs> I just love that Carson Coffin was 11 for 22 with 189 yards, a touchdown and an interception in that game. That's a really good yard per reception average for Carson Coffin. You better back the hell off. <laughs> the 50% completion rate right? gets me. I mean, that's elite for Carson Kaufman. The dude, oh, yeah. wore, the dude wore a replica jersey half the time. He didn't even have his own jersey. It just looked terrible. What was the, is he is he still tearing up in the uh, Arena Football League? Oh God! <laughs> what is he? I have no idea. I knew he was for a while. There's no way. I'm not gonna Google it, but I am gonna say um, something hilarious. That I forgot as soon as I started saying it. What we're just talking about? UCF, Mormons. Carson Kaufman. He, his yeah, last yeah, yeah. year no, 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 in arena like, football was 2015. That one's great. Colin Klein, his first uh, game that he started, I think, was against Texas, where we oh blew him out. But he also threw, he threw six passes the entire game. Incredible. Is that right? Yes. Something like that. Six, six attempted passes and completed. I mean, you know, less than six passes. We'll call it five, maybe four. So, and blew them out. Like, didn't just win the game, but blew them the fuck out. That was hysterical. Four passes. He was two of four for nine yards. Our, our, our traditional <laughs> Cocaine Willies um, random K-State player segment that we do at the end has just come to the middle of the podcast for some reason. But I love yeah. it. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, I mean, we've, we've pretty much gone through, like, the buy-sell hold. We spent an hour doing that. 
Um, I had a couple other topics that, but really like what we can just go ahead and move on. And chef had the idea that we do on like a weekly basis, just talk about a random player and talk about their impact on the program. And we had teed up Andre Coleman, but if we would rather talk about Carson Kaufman, I am more than happy to talk about Carson Kaufman. I, I will say that I was uh, quite young for the Andre Coleman era. I remember Andre Coleman more as the wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator. Um, I do. I've, I've seen a, plenty of highlights of Andre Coleman. Um, I was kind of shed light to the cocaine use that he has, um, which may or may not be true. I don't know. But his impact, I will say his impact on the program um, – I don't really remember too many of the recruits he brought in, but I think he was pivotal in like the Tyler Lockett recruitment. Um, Or maybe that was Michael Smith. I'm not entirely sure, but Andre Coleman was, I mean, he's a legend. He's a legend. He, he's has a kick return for a touchdown in a super bowl. No one can ever take that from him. So, you know, Andre Coleman, copper bowl, MVP legend. Uh, I just want to say my, favorite Carson Kaufman highlight wasn't even a Carson Kaufman highlight. It was that little quick, like five yard out pass to Tremaine Thompson, where he juked the shit out of that KU defender and KU defender tried to trip him. And then he took it, took it, I don't know if he took it to the house, but it was a long game. So Carson Kaufman's best game in 2010, with the exception of KU was the bowl game, the the infamous, like the salute against Syracuse pinstripe ball. He was, he had a 74% completion rate in that game. He was 17 for 23 with 228 yards. And that was his third highest yardage game for the season. And we lost because of the, I, I still blame it on the, on the fucking salute penalty, then- but. And then the thing that kid kills me about that is the very next game, it was Tennessee playing whoever the hell they were playing. And their quarterback completes like a long touchdown pass and does the cutthroat signal in the middle of the field. Doesn't get a flag at all. And we had a player get a flag for a salute. Hmm. You know, the thing with Carson Kaufman for me was, if you think in 2009 – he was battling for playing time with Grant Gregory, who basically had a separated shoulder the whole year, and he couldn't beat him out. And he ended up being the starter in 2010, and not that he played, like, super well, but he he was just, like, average, very average. But he couldn't beat out a guy with a separated shoulder. I mean, should we should we replay the Allen Everidge? Like, we were talking about Allen Everidge a few weeks ago with Gambling Gauchos because that just – and that ended up getting deleted. But Allen Everidge, like, I don't know. It's just we had some of the weirdest recruiting back then. Like, we, we had Josh Freeman, who's a five-star, right, if I'm not mistaken, and decommitted, decommitted from Nebraska or at least was a, was a Nebraska, like, he is pretty much verbally committed to Nebraska and then came over once Ron Prince got the job. And I don't know, Allen Everidge, Grant Gregory, Carson Kaufman, we had just really weird quarterback recruiting, I feel like. It it was very strange, and I mean, my biggest memory on Carson Kaufman was, I mean, I think it was the UCLA game that start the 2010 season. I think he went like a ele- he had 11 or 10 completions for like 60 yards and a tutty, 
11 um, for 16, 66 yards and one touchdown. Yes, oh, I have it pulled so up gross. on my laptop right now. So gross. And it was Daniel Th- – I was Daniel Th- – I mean, we were – that was Daniel Thomas's entire offense. Um, that We just kept handing it off to him. He finally started breaking them. I also remember the Carson Kaufman game. I, was it Missouri's final season in the uh, Big 12 that year? No, their final season wasn't until 2012. No, it was 11, 2011. 2011. Okay. Yeah, 2011 was A&M yeah. and, and Mizzou, no, and then Pinkle had the snub, and A&M yeah. went to four overtimes that year. Yeah, but it was it was our final time seeing M- M- Mizzou at Mizzou. So we lost that game. I think – I can't remember. I think they had Brad Smith at quarterback, and the SEC chant started coming from the Mizzou side because we didn't, we didn't play them. They played at – KSU the next year in 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that game, and it was just Brad Smith. Ugh, God. Blaine, dude, so... Blaine Gabbert was the uh, was the starting quarterback for Mizzou that year in 2010 or 2011. 2010, yeah. Blaine Gabbert was seven for or 17 for 25 with 208 yards, and Carson Kaufman yeah, was 11 for 19 with 170. Maybe it was the 2008 game. Colin Klein also had an appearance in that game with 18 carries and 141 yards. Oh yuck! <laughs> Aubrey Quarles. You guys remember nine that? receptions, 133 yards, and a tutty. Quarles. <laughs> hey, I would take an Aubrey Quarles. Oh, right uh, absolutely! Give me a absolutely. Give me a Quarles. Give me a Taco Wallace. Give me oh, so the last four-star wide receiver, wasn't it? That actually played. What Taco like or f- Quarles? Quarles. He was like a 5.9 four star coming out of Juco. But that was Juco. Juco. That's a deep cut. Yeah, we also had Bro- uh, Broderick Smith that year, and Chris Harper was a sophomore. You know what I'm? I've been thinking about um, thinking about those offenses. I think this with Colin Klein taking over on at OC. I think we're going to see a lot of that that tight end standing upright with his hands on his hips position on the end of the line of scrimmage to go out on routes. I think we're going to see a lot of that from Sammy Wheeler. Speaking of tight ends, one of my favorite tight ends back in the day, 2011, was freaking Andre McDonald. I just loved how he was like a six eight tight end. I thought he was going to be a beast. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at the fact that you started that with speaking of tight ends. <laughs> Dude, I was just typing out this. We have we have a gay we have a gay sports bar in Denver called Tight Ends, and I cannot wait to watch a game there at some point. That's I've been there. Oh, it is. It, there. I, I, it just sounds incredible. <laughs> Are they gonna come up with uh, another coexisting bar called Wide Receivers? <laughs> oh my God! So, uh, any anybody else have anything else to say on the the four new additions to the Big Twelve? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, as far as or Carson Kaufman, I mean, I feel like we've talked about some good deep cuts there. I really don't have anything else on the agenda. So if we want to talk and bullshit for a little bit longer, I'm happy to do that. Otherwise, I'm I'm through my agenda. So anything next goes week. for the rest. Who next who has week, things they want to say? Next week we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit off of my agenda next week. I've got some I got some things that we're gonna talk about. 
All right. And I, I just invited Mark to the stage. Mark, don't feel obligated to speak, but Mark, I'm, I've invited you to the stage. Mark is our South Dakota Coyotes fan who's joined us tonight, and I would love to hear anything he has to say about the discussion we've had tonight and anything he wants to say about the Yotes this year. Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me. Um, Yotes by double digits. And, uh... Whoa! whoa <laughs> that is spicy! like that. Spicy! No, no. I might have had a couple beers while I was listening to you guys, so that's that's all off. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I, I'm drinking some summer shandy tonight. Oh. No. It, it, Big beer pot. I, uh, it was a great listen. You guys are entertaining. I, I enjoyed it, so. So I mean we're we'll get into maybe what the maybe next week with uh what the South Dakota Coyotes bring to the table, but can you give us I remember we played y'all what was that? Maybe oh four years God. ago, y'all brought it down. Twenty twenty nineteen, I think, right? Clement's first no, season. Should have won was that it, game. Yeah. Was it or no, it was twenty eighteen. It was Snyder's last season. Snyder's last season. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Skyler started that game, I Zuber, think, right? Zuber returned a punt to win the game, basically. Yes, yes. That yes. game was scary. Yes. He had, he had returned a punt previously, and it got called back on a penalty. Yeah. Why we kept kicking to him, I would really love to know, but yeah. So give me – give me. I mean, you don't have to give in great detail because we probably won't know, but, I mean, just give us the best South Dakota player in your lifetime that you can remember. Ooh. In my lifetime. Uh, well, I mean, I have a short-term memory, so Chris Strebler would probably be quarterback. He probably should have won our Heisman Trophy um, at our level. I think it's called the Walter Payton Award. Um, he finished runner-up to that. He's currently with the Jets. Um, he won a uh, – whatever the Super Bowl is called in the CFL, Grey Cup up in Winnipeg. You sound like a pretty big fan. Um, oh, yeah. And shout out to Dalton Schoen, who's currently showing out for uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think. It's kind of an entertaining in, brand in the of CFL. You get to watch it. Um, obviously, it's not, you know, first, second, or third on our list, but it's uh, kind of neat. But, yeah, Strev would be – he was uh, originally with Minnesota as, a, I believe, a tight end, but he wanted to play quarterback, so he, he came to South Dakota and – it worked out really well for, for both of us. So, good for him. Yeah, looking looking back at the stat line for that game, we had K State fans will, will laugh at this. Alex Delton was five for fourteen with ninety one yards and a five QB rating, and Skyler was eight for fourteen with thirty fewer yards than Alex Delton, but had a forty three QBR in that game. Was that Skyler? You said. Yeah. Oh God. And Alex Barnes <laughs> ran for a hundred and three yards. On 37 carries. 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> that that game was absolutely brutal to watch. That was on the that was on the ESPN Plus. It was or? on Facebook. It was on Facebook. So I no I for, for the for those for those who don't know me personally, I I moved up to Denver at the beginning of 2018, and this was the first game that I watched at the at the Colorado Cats like watch party bar. Um, and at that point in time, I was kind of volunteering, and I think I was the first person to show up to the game to put out the little like tchotchkes and the little like table tents and shit like that. And I remember we couldn't get the game because they were live broadcasting it on KStateHD.tv and Facebook. And so we had to have a bartender log into their personal Facebook account 
and plug their laptop into a an HDMI cable into like the interface that would then throw it out on every single TV in the bar. And it was a fucking shit show because we couldn't get the first 10 minutes of the game on because it wasn't on like ESPN three. If it was on there, like the bars and stuff didn't even have access to it because I think it was new in 2018. It was like brand, brand new or something. Or ESPN, ESPN plus. Yeah. ESPN plus whatever oh, they, they called the streaming service at that point. But it was, yeah. that was a shit show. Yeah, it was I I remember ESPN Plus for the Central Arkansas game. Um maybe I don't know. Do you guys remember versus? That was Pringle that was the Pringle coming out game and Dominique Keith not Dominique Keith, um Isaiah Harris had a really big game versus Central Arkansas. I remember watching it on the plus and that was just brutal to go through. I remember oh that game, I remember I think I was working. I used to you guys weren't I don't know probably don't remember there's this gas station on the east side of town called like Ampride. a bunch of farmers used to go there and get propane and feed and all this stuff i used to work there and i definitely used the work the one work computer to watch that central arkansas game that, that game was that game was brutal and i i feel bad for feel bad for you guys that have to like watch it on computers and stuff i mean i watch probably 50 percent of all the games on my phone so I mean I feel bad for you guys because I know what what you have to go through. It's it's tough. I mean when you don't get to sit down and enjoy the game or see it in person, just watching it on my little ass phone, um, it's it's tough. Dominique Keith, that's another great call out by the way. I just want to mention that Dominique. I I followed him on Instagram. He's like a rapper now or something. I'm not really sure. I think I just might have recently unfollowed him. I don't know. Let's go, Domo, baby. Yeah, I mean it was I that that game, the Central Arkansas game that I was just brought up, it was Byron Pringle. He had a pretty like deep pass that he caught and then stiff armed a guy into the his like afterlife. And then um Isaiah Harris had a really big game. He caught one down the sideline. Um it was I whatever was happened to Isaiah Harris, where'd he transfer to? Did he uh, to Duquesne think, or something? I think it was like um cellmate block like 27 or something like that he's in prison that was, he, that was joke. he played three years at k-state i'm not seeing that he transferred anywhere at least on like uh sportsreference.com i oh a riley gates tweet came up so for those who are listening to the live show uh isaiah harris has announced he's leaving the k-state program december 12 2018 and i don't think he ended up landing anywhere for whatever it's worth was he uh was he uh Fucking, uh, what am I trying to say here? He was a tech you boy. You got it. I can't. <laughs> I can't think of what was he. Was it? Did his dad play K State or anything? No. Was he an heirloom? I don't think so. He wasn't. He heirloom. went to. He went to the a legacy. He went to the. He went to the same high school as Kendall Adams, and um, I think it's like a uh, it's a Texas high school. They're blue and white. All Saints Episcopal. Uh, all Saints Episcopal. Yep. Yeah. He went to the same high school as Kendall Adams and all of them. So I think that was the we, – we dove back into the pipeline because I think we got a couple of players from there, and it just never panned out for him. Yeah. yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Harris. We'll, he we'll is. The, I'll get the bowl together. We'll get. We'll make sure that it's, it's really relevant. We can spitfire like we're doing right now. 
and uh, we'll always have players to talk about. Oh yeah, absolutely. And with that, anybody else have anything to, uh, to lead us out tonight? Yeah. I just wanted to say congrats to Wyatt Hubert on a great career. Tough that it had to end that way, but great career. Only. Good shout Agreed. out, buddy. That's, uh, that's rough. Yeah. Wyatt Hubert always respected. Go cats. Yeah, who else? Anybody else have anything before we end it tonight? I think it was a uh, good episode. <laughs> we'll have to get some stuff. music oh, going. Oh, question. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll edit this afterward. Don't worry. We'll get some um, outro music. We'll, we'll have all the above. Are you going to have a show next week? Because it seems like the Bosco boys might go long since it's the prediction show. Yeah, do we want to, uh, do we want to skip next week and then we'll plan on – the 31st, right? Yeah, the 31st, we'll plan on having Mark and, and his Yote buddies hang out with us and give their predictions for the game. Give us a little bit more insight on the Yotes leading up to that uh, September 3rd game that we've got going. I fucking love it. That's a great idea. Let's, Sweet. I, I'm going to throw in a motion that whatever night Mark says his best for him and his Yote buddies to come on, we can probably accommodate if it's not Wednesday, yeah? Any day. I mean, Mark, does Wednesday work for you? Yeah, as of right now, I just have some feelers out, and I got a couple guys that are interested. So, um, sounds good. But yeah, no, we'll make it work. Awesome. Sounds great. Mark, well, we will see. Together, so this will be pretty easy for us to catch <laughs> about this. Hell yeah! Well, we will see everybody in a couple weeks on the thirty-first. With that, I mean, I, I don't really have, like, what do we want, like, an out, outro line? Does someone have a slogan they want to say? Meet me wherever you want and give me a big hug. And do some lines. And let's get some spicy takes in a couple weeks. Bet. Adios. <laughs>